Hey gorgeous mama, if you are ready to feel empowered in your pregnancy and birth journey, then my love, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Birth Like a Badass podcast with your host, me, Nikki Syme. Real talk for real women on all things pregnancy, birth, and beyond. Let's go. Hello, gorgeous woman. Welcome back to the podcast. So today's episode is one that I know a lot of you have been excited to um, hear about, which is going to be all around my third birth, which was my um, my VBA2C, so my vaginal birth after two C-sections, uh, with my beautiful boy Levi. So I'm just going to get stuck straight in. Um so, yeah, I really want to talk about, like, the stuff that I did probably in two parts. I want to have a quick chat about, you know, the preparation stuff and what it kind of took for me mentally, emotionally to be able to kind of feel confident to move into creating that dream birth, you know, that birth that I'd really been longing for, that I knew was going to be deeply healing, really positive, really empowering. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Because um, it wasn't just something that I just rocked up to, you know, I was incredibly intentional about making sure that this happened for me. Um, so I really want to talk about that to begin with. And then I will obviously go in and share with you all around the beautiful journey that I got to experience bringing my little man Levi into the world through my vagina, <laughs> my incredible pussy. Um, all right, so I kind of fully committed and fully decided that I was going to go for VBAC at about 30 weeks. Up until that point, I was a little bit iffy, mainly because of fear. So I was really scared that the same thing was going to happen again, you know, that um, something beyond my control was um, going to happen with the, with with Levi. Um which was going to prevent me from getting to have my, my VBAC experience, my healing birth. And that was probably the priority for me for this birth was to make sure that the birth that I experienced was healing. And for me, what I thought that looked like was being a bit more in control. So I was playing with the idea of going for a planned C-section. Um, but what the decider was for me was I went in to talk. So there was a few things. I did a bit of research about planned C-sections and, and the ability and options that were available. And I went into this midwife appointment. I think it was about my 30-week appointment. And I said to her, you know, I said, I really want um, to do, like, drop screen so I could see him being born. I wanted to pull him up out of my stomach myself. Um, oh, and on that note, I watched an actual video the other night of a C-section. Holy crap. Have you, if you haven't ever actually watched that, I highly recommend going and actually finding a video and watching this. Maybe I'll tag one on my Instagram. So if you're not following me on Instagram, head over to birth.likeabadass and I'll share one on there for you. It was pretty intense. Um, but anyway, I wanted to, yeah, like I said, I wanted to have the curtain drop so I could witness it. I wanted to be able to pull him up onto my chest. I wanted immediate skin to skin and I wanted breast crawl. These were the four things that were non-negotiable for me. I'm like, this is what I am having and this is what I desire. And I knew from the research that I had done that it was actually possible for that to happen. So I went into this three, 30-week appointment and the woman that I spoke to basically said, no, 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 and no, you can't have any of that. And I'm like, well, okay, if that's the case. And I'm like, are you sure? Like, I'm challenging her. And I'm like, because I wanted a photographer in there too and I don't think that was going to be an option. Um 
and I just said, okay, that's fine. And in that moment, I just made up my mind that I was going VBAC. Um, so once I had really made that decision, like I was like, yes, this is where I'm going. Cause up until that point, I was kind of on the fence. When I made that decision, it was game time. It was all on. I was like, right, this is what's happening. I've got approximately 10 weeks to um, really, you know, get my shit sorted in order to birth like a badass. Like I was just like, this is happening and no motherfucker is going to get in my way. <laughs> and and I will be damned if I do not do everything in my possible power to create this experience for myself. And that was a huge thing for me, ladies, and that I wanted to know that regardless of what happened on the day, that I had done absolutely everything I possibly could to empower myself, to educate, to set myself up for success. Because then if something had gone wrong, at least I knew I had given it my all. I feel like with Phoenix, my second birth, I didn't go all in, you know, so I left that still feeling really disheartened because I'm like, well, I still didn't empower myself. I still didn't educate enough. I still didn't really do all the things to create that powerful experience. It was still fear lingering. I hadn't really done any like education. I hadn't connected with baby in my womb. I hadn't had a powerful mama blessing. Like, um, yeah, there was a lot of pieces missing. So when that kind of um, happened, I kind of felt a little bit of failure, like I let myself down. Um, so I was ad adamant that this time around, there was no stone being left unturned. I was going all in on this experience. And then at least I knew at the end of the day, if it ended up in an emergency C-section, I had done everything I possibly could to create that for myself, to create like a, the V-back for myself. Um, so what did this actually look like? Right. <laughs> so I could feel a lot of fear in my body um, that was showing up in regards to wanting to be in control of everything. So I knew that I needed to do some fear release around that. I really was like, right, it's all about education. So I was on the podcast. So like you guys are doing now, amazing. Just listening to stories. There's another podcast, um, VBAC Birth Stories, which is freaking beautiful. I actually shared my story on there too. I highly recommend going and listening to them. Um, so I was literally looking at watching videos. I was in the VBAC support group, which was on Facebook, which is an amazing support group. Um, and I think a lot of listeners, a lot of you listeners on here are from there. Um, I was listening to podcasts. I was like, I'm not a huge reader, so I was kind of more listening to stuff, um, but just really empowering myself, hearing lots of positive birth experiences, VBAC experiences. Um, I signed on for hypnobirthing, which was a game changer. Um, this, it took me until my third pregnancy to find out what my body actually does during labor, which is you know, I take my responsibility, I take my, you know, the part of that that's my responsibility on board 100%, but also just goes to show a medical system that is not about empowering women in birth because not one of my midwives shared that information with me, right? It's pretty fucked. Um, and I had to go and seek, seek it myself, which is fine. I get that. I, you know, I'm full pro self-education and I think there needs to be a level of responsibility put on the medical industry to actually like tell women what their fucking bodies do, right? Like at least one midwife. I saw a lot of midwives. At least one midwife should have told me that. Anyway, that's a story for another time. Um, 
so yeah, I did the hypnobirthing, which is amazing. That felt really powerful too. Um, and then I also was very intentional. So I did fear release and I talk about this stuff in my PDF, my free PDF, which you can access in the show notes or on um, my Instagram link. You can access it there. Um, where I did fear release rituals. So I really went into the fear and I allowed myself to feel it and I wrote them out and then I did release ceremony and burnt them. Um, I listened to a fear release meditation for like the last, I think, four weeks um, leading into my birth. I knew that mindset was something that was going to really um, – was was probably the most important part of creating this birth. So I was really honed in on – positive birth affirmations, really feeding my mind with, and you know, my body at an energetic level with powerful, empowering information constantly. So I had affirmations in my bedroom. I had affirmations on the wall in my office. I had them on my phone, um, just everywhere. So I was constantly being fed this information. I was listening to them, um, just really committed to feeling like filling up the positive vibes as opposed to being stuck in the fear and I know that a lot of women have a lot of fear around not so much the birth but the fear of having to have another c-section so it was really beautiful to release the fear around that um in a way that I got to a point where I was like okay well if it ends in c-section I know that it'll be okay baby's health healthy then that's fine um so I did that I called on my sisters, like I had a beautiful blessing, blessing way with, uh, I think it was about 17 of my beautiful girlfriends who all brought their energy, their um, empowerment. So we sat in circle, they shared um, how we met, what they loved about me. They shared um, intention for my birth. They allowed me to express my fears or whatever was blocking me. Um, then they nurtured me and loved on me, which is amazing. Um, so that was really beautiful. And just knowing, you know, knowing I had my sisters in my corner, they actually had a candle and they all wrote a word on it for me. So that candle got lit when I went into labor by one of my girlfriends and it only got blown out, um, when he had come earthside, which is amazing. Um, but on that candle, it had all these beautiful empowering words on it. It was really beautiful. Um, and I've actually got the rest of that candle now, which I'm excited to light on his first birthday, which would be really special. Um, so, yeah, just having them and having them. And they were like, I really felt them through the labor. I really felt them with me. And because they knew that I had gone into labor, um, I and um, yeah, I just felt them. I felt the energy. I felt their love with me and I could hear, you know the things that kind of really continued to show up for me when I was through the birth was the positive affirmations, the mindset stuff. So I cannot emphasize enough how important that stuff is doing the fear release and really building that, that, um, those affirmations. Um, and then, yeah, so it was really about just really focusing in on the empowerment, really doing the research, um, taking the time to connect with baby, really coming home into that beautiful being, having the communication with him, the connection with him, you know, really allowing him to support me through it too and putting that trust in my body. Um, you know, I was having baths regularly, just laying in the bath, listening to the fear release. And it was just a really intentional lead up to the birth. And I truly, truly believe that that is what got me through. Um, the fact that I had been so intentional about it. Cool. So let's talk about the birth. <laughs> oh, I love this story. It's just, yeah, it 
it's amazing. Um, so on, I had it in my head that I was going to be having him on the 8th of August. I was just like, Lionsgate, yes, it's happening. I'm going to have him on the 8th of the 8th, 2020, powerful birth date. Um, and I went and got acupuncture on the 7th and then of course I went into labor that night and I was like oh my god it's amazing I'm gonna have you know my baby on the 8th of the 8th and by morning it had stopped and I was like oh wow this sucks like I really wanted that date <laughs> so attached um but he had other ideas um so had the prodromal labor for that and then it was four days later when I actually um went into proper labor uh, contractions or surges began at I think it's about eight thirty on the Tuesday night on the eleventh, um, and I was kind of a little bit like, okay, I want to go to bed and rest, but I also don't want to because I don't want it to stall again. Like I was really, really for him to come out. I've been doing dancing and all the kind of things to get him out, um, encourage him to come out. But as we know, baby comes when baby's ready. Um, so I was like, oh, do I lay down and rest or do I keep like stay up and keep moving and get things going I was like okay I need to rest because it's 8 30 I've been up since 6 30 um I need to try and get a little bit of sleep tonight because it'll be a, the big day tomorrow uh, so I kind of laid down and rest and of course like they kept coming but the part of me that was like scared that it was going to stop kind of kept me awake so I didn't really get any sleep but I at least lay down and rested and they kind of stopped and started stopped and started and um they were still reasonably consistent I got to about five o'clock in the morning and I thought okay yeah, I'm feeling like it's happening, and I messaged my doula. Now, in hindsight, it was probably way too early, but that's okay. We live and learn. Um, and she got there, and things slowed right down again. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Uh, so she was like, right, let's get up, and let's go for a walk around the block. And I'm like, cool. So we got up, walked around, and boom, like, poof, it was the go time. <laughs> I was pushing the pram with my eldest Griffin in it, and yeah, they just started coming. I was like having to stop and there's people out for walks and I'm stopping, like having this surge in the middle of the street and looking at, they're looking at me like, oh my gosh, she okay? I'm like, I'm just having a baby over here. Like, don't you worry. Um, so we kind of did that and we went back and they kind of created their rhythm. They were still very like sporadic. Um, I had opted to also um, stay at home and labor for as long as possible. I didn't want to go into the hospital because as soon as you're in the hospital, you're on their time, right? On their clock. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to labor at home for as long as possible. So we got back to the house, had something to eat. My mum arrived. My partner went and got mum. And just, yeah, it just kept kind of rocking and, and moving and doing what I could to help him start descending. And the surges continued to flow. I was listening to my hypnobirthing guidance and doing my breathing and all that it was really beautiful and then it kind of slowed down a bit again so we went for another walk and then ramped things up um so it was really beautiful and it was really lovely like being at home just being able to you know get in the shower and I stood in the shower for a while and then I was just kind of in my undies and you know doing squats and just being in my own space felt really beautiful so I highly recommend that like, if you can labor at home for as long as you can um and then it kind of got to about I think it was about three o'clock in the afternoon and I could feel myself starting to get really exhausted like I'm like I'm tired and things are still like they were kind of I think I was having like three every 10 minutes but they were only lasting maybe for about between 45 and a minute um and I was like I feel like I need to go to hospital and my girlfriend um, my doula was like well 
I think you can stay a little bit longer. Like we want them a bit closer together. We want them to have progressed a bit more. But I kind of was like, they're really hurting. And I feel like I'm at least seven centimeters. And, you know, it was pretty, they were pretty intense. Um, so I was like, yep, no, we're going. So we decided to go in and we got to the hospital. And I decided not to have vaginal examination. I didn't want to know the number. And, but I kind of knew that, like in my birth preferences, I'd put that, but I kind of knew that I was probably going to change my mind. Um, because, you know, the part of me that like wants to be in control and know what's going on. Um, so when we got into the hospital, oh, now in my experience, maybe I'll do another, another podcast on this. Um, but leading up, I had three really horrific experiences with the hospital, which resulted in me, um, writing a letter of complaint to the hospital. And, um, I had the head of midwifery contacting me contact me and saying this is disgusting and we're really sorry this has happened had the head of obstetricians contacting me um essentially what happened was there was one appointment that I went to where I was told I couldn't have what I wanted there's another appointment that I went to where the woman had a cold (laughs) and I was just like why are you seeing me this is in the middle of COVID she's like don't worry I don't have COVID and I'm like I don't care put a face mask on because I do not want to get sick I am 30 weeks pregnant or whatever The next one I went to, I had a male who I thought was a midwife. He did a check, like a pelvis check, and caused pain. I'm like, that's weird. And then I asked him to tell me what position the baby was in. And he's like, oh, I'm not the right person for that. I'll get someone for that. And I'm like, what are you talking about, fuckhead? Like, you are a midwife. How can you not be the best person to tell me the position of my baby? Anyway, I was like, okay, this is weird. Anyway, he walks out. He'd talk to me because I, I decided I didn't want to have the dripping and I didn't want to have um, constant monitoring, right? Two things that I knew I did not have to do. Um, I was happy to have Doppler monitoring every 20 minutes, but I did not want to have something attached to me constantly through my labor. It's like, fuck no, I want to be able to move around. I don't want to be worrying about whether or not it's connected properly. Like I got bigger shit to focus on, right? Like fuck no. <laughs> and so I told this to this guy and he was like, okay, like, that's fine with the drip, but, you know, I'm not sure about the constant monitoring. I'm going to have to get someone else to come talk to you about that. And I'm like, that's fine, but you're not going to change my mind. Anyway, he disappears when he's gone to find someone better to tell me where my baby is. Um, takes about 20 minutes. I'm just sitting there going, what the fuck is going on? Anyway, he comes back with this woman and she sits down. And she's like, right, so I understand that you don't want to have a dripper. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. She's like, yeah, that's totally fine. Like, we can easily get that in. Um, and she's like, oh, but I also, f- you know, hear that you don't want to have constant monitoring. And I'm like, yep, that's right. I'm happy to have Doppler, um, but I don't want constant monitoring. And she was like, okay, well, that's not something that we would support, you know, if you choose that option. Um, you know, this is why we desire you to do this. But if you choose that option, you can expect to be hounded every time someone comes in the room. And I'm like, excuse me, I don't think so, honey. Like, I know my rights as a public health consumer. I know my rights. And also I'm a hypnobirthing mama. So no no motherfuckers coming in my room that doesn't have my permission. Um, So anyway, I was like, oh, yeah, okay, that's interesting. Um, And then she was like, oh, Ben, also too, you know, just so you know that if you choose this and something happens to your baby or if your baby dies, and then she shrugged her shoulders, made that kind of it'll be your fault look and rolled her eyes. And I was just like, are you fucking? kidding me like did that shit just fucking happen seriously like how unprofessional are you and I was just like 
oh, is that right? Yep, that's fine. Fuming on the inside and knowing that I was going to take this further, but just kept my cool. Kept my cool. Anyway, she gets up. She goes, okay, love, have a good day, and leaves. And I'm just like, oh, you bitch. <laughs> I just wanted to backhand her. <laughs> keeping it real um so yeah so what happened after that was I um I told my girlfriend about it who's a nurse and a midwife and she was like that is not okay Nick and we wrote a letter of complaint to the hospital which resulted on me obviously having something next to my name I got the call from the, the head mid, head of midwifery and the obstetrician um and so obviously they put something next to my name saying this woman is not happy treat her like vip and that's exactly what i got i got the vip treatment um which is bullshit right like we should not have to complain to get or be treated that fucking way to get treated the way that we just deserve to be treated in the first place as a woman who knows her body who knows her baby who trusts herself who is trusted to birth naturally and powerfully and make decisions that are best for her and her baby like, nobody knows you and your body and your baby better than you, sister. Like, please, please trust that. Trust that in yourself, in your bones, that you know what is best for you and your baby. Yeah? Really, really let that land in yourselves. I've got goosebumps covered, like, covered in goosebumps with this because it's so important that this lands. Um, so, yeah. So, had a check against my name treat this woman like a VIP and so I got in there um got seen got taken in and she was like oh I understand that you don't like handed my preferences over she's like I understand that you don't want to have a VE and I'm like that's right um and then I was like oh maybe I do like oh but don't tell me and I was like oh maybe I want to know and then it was like she said okay why don't we do this you can get one and I can find out the num um the number and then I can tell your partner. And I was like, okay, cool. And then if I want to know, then he can tell me later. So that was cool. She went ahead, did the video and found out or whatever. I kept a straight face. She did really well. Um, and she then went over and my partner went over to find out. And she goes, she points at her and he looks at her and she goes, oh, but that's really good for early on. And I was like, oh, are you fucking kidding me, woman? <laughs> like, you did so well to keep a straight face. And then you go and do that. And I'm like, oh, well, you fuck, you have to tell me now. Like, seriously, you have, I don't want to know now. And he, Gary was just like, no, you don't. And I'm like, what? Is it less than half? Because he knew I thought I was about seven centimeters. And I was like, is it half? And he's like, less. And I'm like, what, three? And he was like, yep. And later on, I found out that I'd actually, I don't, I was only two centimeters. Um, and I'm so grateful for him lying to me in that moment because I feel like had he said two, I would have felt so defeated, like so, so defeated. Um, and my doula was just like, remember, the number doesn't matter. It's all about your cervix. You know, my cervix was nice and soft and effaced. So that was what she was referring to as being good. Um, so I was well and truly on the way. I'd done all the hard work. Um, and yeah, it was only a matter of time. So they were like, look, get up, go for a walk, get outside, keep squatting, keep moving, um, climb some stairs, etc." And by this point, I was just exhausted. I just wanted to lay down and go to sleep. Um, but I was like, okay, cool. So we went outside, started walking around, you know, doing some squats, all the things, went back inside, was walking up and down the stairs and just like, just exhausted. Um, and then they came and said, look, we've got a room. Would you like to go? And I was like, yes. And we got into the room. And I was like, I just want to rest. I just want to rest. And um, Chloe was just like, all right, babe, why don't you just rest for 20 minutes? And I was like, cool. 
Um, and everyone in the room was like, oh, dear, no, this is not good. This is not a good idea. You know, it's going to slow everything down. And like, I just, like, I just knew my body in order to move forward, I knew I needed to stop. Um, and this is where that trust, you know, comes in. That self-trust really comes in. It's like, I knew I just needed that time. And I'd actually heard about another woman who, um, had done something similar. So she'd actually progressed really quickly in her rest phase. And I'm like, I just knew, like, as soon as I heard that story, I knew that it was going to be real, like, true for me too. So anyway, we got in there. I laid down for about 20 minutes. Everything slowed right down, of course. Um, and then my beautiful doula, I'm sorry, my beautiful midwife, she was actually amazing. Shout out to Susie. Like, you were just amazing. Um, I'm just not mentioning the hospital in here because I don't want to, um, yeah, drag people, drag that down. Um and it just doesn't feel aligned to do that. Um, so she actually yeah, was like, okay, well, are you okay for me to do another exam, like a vaginal exam? I'm like, yep, cool. Let's see where we're going. And I was seven centimeters. And she was like, oh, I was not expecting that. I'm like, I just knew. I knew that my body needed a rest. I've gone from two to seven in that pretty much in that 20-minute time frame. It was like I just knew my body needed that rest, that break. So really trust yourself, sister, like really take the time to tune in and get to know your body um, so that you can really trust yourself in that. Um, and then, yeah, so it was go time. She was like, right, cool, up seven centimeters. That's amazing. So I got up, I got undressed and I got in the shower and that's where I stayed for like the next three hours. Things were really progressing. I was kind of having moments of like, I don't want to do this anymore. I'm so fucking tired. Um, one hour passed, another hour passed. I think I got to about quarter to 10 and I was standing there and things have been like all my mucus plug came out. My water still hadn't broken. Um, but yeah, my mucus plug came out and I was kind of, you know, going through and I could feel them descending and going down. And then I went through one surge and after it, I kind of got this feeling like he had gone back up and I was like, something's changed. And I said to Susie, I'm like, something's changed. Like this, this doesn't feel right now. Something's shifted. Um, and she's like, okay, okay, that's cool. Like, do you want me to do another exam? And I'm like, yep, absolutely. Um, so we, I jumped on the table and she checked and I was only eight centimeters. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I'm so over it. She's like, but your waters are bulging. Like your waters are bulging. Um, but she said after she could actually feel Levi in there and she could tap his head and actually bounce him up and down inside of my pelvis and she's like I've never felt that before I'm like that's pretty cool <laughs> um but she's like I was like I, I, I'm done like I, I can't keep doing this by this point you know I've been in labor for over 24 hours and I was just exhausted I think I was nudging the 25 hour mark I just had the 25 hour mark and um she was like, okay, when I said, well, what are my options? Can I get an epidural? <laughs> this is where my mind was going. She was like, I don't think you want to do that. It was really awesome. She totally had my back. My midwife and my daughter was like, we don't think you want to do that. Like, you don't really desire that. Um, but we could break your waters. And I'm like, yes. Like, my body, my baby was just like, yes, mama, break the waters. Um, so she went and got the obstetrician. I had the head doctor looking after me, which is like, cool. Um, so he came in, he checked, and he was like, yep, I'm happy for you to break them. So um, he was happy for them to be broken. Uh, and so he did. He broke them. And then I remember lying there. And I'm like, I just want to, I just want to lie here just for a minute and just rest for a little bit again. And they were like, we'd really prefer you to get up. We would prefer you to get up. And I'm like, just, just a minute. And I rolled on my side. And that's when shit got real. It was like, oh, okay. Now this is 
what like the real I think it's transition I keep getting confused so I know there's like early labor active labor transition and then I think it's like the birth I can't remember exactly but I get confused anyway I was like oh okay this is intense like this was ramping up and I couldn't actually lie down when my body did not want me to lie down I was like okay cool it's go time and so I was back in the shower it was intense mama <laughs> like fucking the most intense thing I have ever experienced in my life and I got through it right I fucking got through it and that in itself like there's so much fear around the pain and so much fear around the intensity for a lot of women the pain of birth um, but I just want you to know that you cannot experience anything that you can't handle, right? If it's something, if it was something that you couldn't handle, you wouldn't experience it. So your body will only offer you and provide for you what it is that it knows you can handle. And I really think this is important to know because, you know, the hypnobirthing was amazing. But the thing that I didn't like was that they talked about how it could be pain-free and how the pain like it's it's going to be beautiful and yes it was beautiful but it fucking hurt like and I'm just like can we just really be real here about this and be like it fucking hurts like you're pushing a baby outside of out of your vagina like it fucking hurts but you don't have to be afraid of it because you're so capable of it, right? And if anything, it shows you how powerful you are because of what you can withstand. It completely shifts the relationship that you have with yourself. You feel invincible. Like, I feel fucking invincible. Like, if I can do that, if I can withstand that kind of pain and still be okay, oh, my God, there's nothing I can't do, right? And it's the same for you. Like, you will experience it and you'll feel like you can't do it. And it will, like, for me, it felt like I remember saying to my daughter, I'm like, my pelvis is breaking, my bones are breaking. Um, that's what it felt like. And she was like, babe, you're expanding. You're about to meet your baby. You're not breaking, you're expanding. So if you can, you know, understand that, yeah, it's going to fucking hurt. And you're going to meet yourself in those moments. You know, you're being pushed into a whole new version of yourself to really expand into another level of, of power within yourself. You know, it's so incredible. And then when it stops, when he's out or she's out, the pain is gone. Like you forget it is gone. Yeah. And it's actually like, I want to do it again. I'm never having another fucking kid. That's for sure. But I would love to do it again, you know, just to go through that process and, and be pushed again to those edges so just know that, yeah, it's going to fucking hurt. Of course it's going to fucking hurt. Like, let's not deny that, yeah? But you don't have to be scared of it. If anything, get excited for the fact that you're going to be, you're going to experience yourself in a way that you've never experienced yourself before and you're going to actually survive and get through something that you probably thought that you actually could never do. Um, so in the shower, that was it. I was trying on my knees. I was like, no, and I stood in the corner. There was like a corner piece where there was like a handrail and my partner was in there. He hadn't brought spare clothes, but he was getting drenched. So um, my doula was getting drenched. Um, I was just in the shower. I'm like, I don't fucking care. You guys are here and you're doing your thing. And you're looking after me. And that's all that matters. It's all about me right now. <laughs> and so I'm in the corner. I'm holding onto the rail and things are ramping up and they're just coming one on top of the other. Um, and it was just like, oh, my God, we're close. We're so close. And the midwife was there and the second midwife had come in. And I think it was about 10 o'clock when I got into the shower um, from that point, yeah, the, the surges just kept coming on top of each other, on top of each other, on top of each other. And then I started to feel the crowning, um, 
where, you know, I could feel him descending and that was like the bone breaking feeling and then the crowning. So it felt like that ring of fire that they talk about. Um, so every kind of surge he would come down and they would get that burn and then he'd come back up and then the surge again, he'd come back down and I'd get the burn again and then come back up. And I was like, every surge, I'm like, fucking just stay down there. Like, just get down there. Um, Cause every time it like stopped and I felt him come back up, I was like, no, I don't want to stretch again. I just want him to be down and out. Um, I remember saying to my partner, I was just like, I don't want to do it again. No, no, not again. And then the next time I'd come and it was just like, oh, like in the sense of, in the process. So funny. I can laugh about it now, but at the moment it was intense. Um, but it was really beautiful having my doula there actually, because I found myself going into that really high pitched scream and she was like, keep it low and keeping it low girls, like seriously, keeping it low is um powerful so much more powerful than the ah, scream um so that was really awesome and just having her and she just was in my ear and my partner was there he had the hose on my back and the, like the tap on my back and just rubbing and it was just like I was just in the zone and everything like it was like I need to push I need to push but I didn't actually push all I did was breathe and make noise and my body did the rest. So that's why it's really important to understand what the uterus does. I'm going to share about this. I've got a masterclass coming up that I'm really going to talk about all of this stuff for you guys to really learn, you know, that what the uterus does, how your body actually performs through birth. Like we don't have to do anything. We just have to get the fuck out of the way and let the body do the thing. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, everything else felt throughout the window, like the breathing and everything just went out the window really. And all it was was around making the sound and just allowing my body to eject baby. Like that's essentially what happened. Um, and the only thing that I really remembered from my hypnobirthing was the affirmations. The affirmations were the thing that kept going around and around in my head and just feeling my sisters. Every time I looked at my wrist, I had like a piece of string on my wrist that connected me with them. Um, I felt them with me. It was so beautiful. And, um, yeah, then he was kind of I requested in my um, birth preferences that I got to feel him crowning. Um, and that was fucking amazing when, yeah, she was like, yep, bring your hand around and I felt his little wrinkled head <laughs> it was really beautiful um so then yeah the surges continued and the next thing um it kind of the head came out and but my, um my midwife was like he's out like he's out and she was a little bit sort of requested not to be push coached as well I didn't want someone telling me to push 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 um I just wanted to allow my body to do what it wanted to do um so she fully respected that was amazing but then she, his head came out and he was a little bit gray so she was a little bit concerned and she said like I'm really sorry but I just need you to give a little push and I'm like okay go pushed it out and it was really beautiful she came down to see me on the Friday when she came back to work and apologized for actually having to ask me to push because she knew it wasn't my preferences not to and I'm like babe seriously it's okay like you needed him out you needed to check that he was okay and that's the priority it's always a priority right this is what I don't get I think people think that we don't give a fuck about our babies right but it's like my baby is the priority the way that he comes into this world is the priority I want him to have the best possible start and that means going through the birth canal receiving like the hormones receiving all the juiciness you know that comes through extracting the shit out of his lungs like that's what is going to be best for my baby and if you need to tell me to push because he's gray and you're worried about it, then fuck yes, I'm going to fucking push. Like, come on, people. Have a little bit of trust and faith in the woman. Um, so, yeah, so then I 
pushed and I don't actually remember the feeling of the rest of his body coming out. Like that felt, part felt really easy. The part that I really found intense was the, yeah, the crowning and the stretching. Um, but then she, so I had wanted to catch him, but obviously she caught him because she wanted to just check that he was okay. And then she passed him up between my legs. And next thing I knew, I was pulling my beautiful feedback baby into my arms and onto my chest and just like, in a little bit of shock <laughs> as to what just happened. Um, so from the time that the water broke to the time that he came out, I think it was about 46 minutes, something like that. Um, so it happened pretty quickly. Um, and I knew too in that moment, I knew that breaking the waters was going to make it all happen. So there was just constant moments of trust, you know, listening, tuning and trusting that intuition. Yes, yes, no, yes. Like fully just being in, in my body and trusting that it was really beautiful. And then I got to lay down and I had immediate skin to skin for like five hours, which was beautiful, the best. My partner got to have some skin to skin. Um, I birthed my placenta, which was really lovely. I had a second degree tear, which she said wasn't too bad. I got a couple of little stitches. I didn't even notice the stitches. I did not notice. Women talk about, you know, peeing and it's stinging and stuff. I didn't get that at all. Um, maybe my pee just doesn't flow down that way or maybe it was inside. I don't know, but I did not experience, notice them at all. Um, and then what else? Yeah. <laughs> the lady who came into the doctor who came in to stitch me up, she walked in and I was like, she was like, congratulations. And I'm like, I birthed him out of my vagina. <laughs> she was just like, well done, mama. <laughs> it was so beautiful. So proud of myself. And I was. And it was just that beautiful knowing that I did everything I could to create that. Like I went all in. When I made that decision at 30 weeks, it was like, yes, I'm doing this. I'm going fucking all in. I'm going to make this happen because I needed it. And for me in that moment, so something that I'd really struggled with up until that point was I knew I was a mother. I had two beautiful boys. Like just I love my kids. But I never felt like a mother. And I don't know if this will resonate for any of the beautiful women who've had C-sections, but I didn't feel like I thought I would feel when I became a mother. And I was like, why? Why is that? And I had a feeling that the, the healing that I was going to receive through this birth was what was going to actually trigger it. And I'm sure enough it was. It was like I'd finally crossed the threshold um, into motherhood where I actually feel like a mama, you know? Um, and it feels like I thought it would feel like, and there's still times where I'm like, how the fuck am I a mom? Like, how am I even doing this? I don't even know how to look after myself, let alone three kids, but fuck, it's happening. <laughs> Can anyone else relate? Like, seriously, it happens a lot. <laughs> but at the same time, there's that, you know, that feeling there now of, okay, yeah, I'm a mother. Like, it just feels very different. And it was so deeply healing. Oh, so deeply, beautifully profound, and yeah, I'm just so grateful to myself, um, you know, to the whole journey, to everything that happened that enabled me to have that experience. Um, yeah, like what a fucking ride! And I'm so excited for you, beautiful woman, if you're listening to this and you are having, you are going for your V back. Um, I'm so excited for you to get to experience your power your power, your ability to kind of cross over threshold after threshold of your what you believe your limits to be, you know, to actually really meet yourself and experience one of the most incredible gifts and experiences this lifetime. 
you know, this is such one of the absolute privileges of being a woman is getting to birth. And I truly, truly hope that you get to experience what I experienced. Um, I know you can. I know you can. Um, and, yeah, know that I'm here to support you. And if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Um, but, yeah. Uh, so that's it that is the birth of Levi thank you so much for listening it was really beautiful to revisit that um, as I mentioned I am actually going to be running a masterclass on how to birth like a badass where I'm going to be covering I'm going into a bit more in depth around what it was that I did and how you can really empower yourself um, to experience your VBAC um, so if you would like to join that then I'll drop a comment here in the show notes a link in the show notes sorry where you can register for that um, but otherwise, I hope that you are, oh, if you haven't already, come and join me on Instagram, birth.likeabadass. Um, and yeah, sending you so much love and empowerment on your beautiful journey to birthing your incredible miracle into this world. I'm sending you guys so much love and I'll see you on the next episode. Mwah. Thanks for listening, gorgeous woman. I hope you enjoyed that episode and make sure you remember to hit that subscribe button so you do not miss an episode on the Birth Like a Badass podcast. See you next time.